Welcome to the Creative Warriors Podcast, the female heart and soul of photography. All right. Hello. Welcome. Welcome to Creative Warriors Podcast. And we are so excited. We have a new guest with us this week, and it is Bex Miney. And she is coming all the way from the UK, but I'm going to let her introduce herself. So welcome, Bex. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's nice to be here. Can you Um, tell us a little bit about your, just give me your little bio, just so people know who you are, where you're from, et cetera. So my name is Bex Miney, as you just said. I am obsessed with rainbows. I'm a brand photographer, but I also love to play with nature and landscapes, anything colorful. Um, I'm based in Sussex, right down the bottom of the UK, um, but I grew up in Scotland, which is where my love of photography first started. And yeah, I'm down here now living with my husband and my twins have boy-girl twins and they're eight. Wow. That keeps you busy. It does. (laughs) Boy-girl twins. Wow. So... I noticed in your bio that you adore color. Yeah. Which I can tell. I can tell because I can see your background, but you know, on a podcast, we can't see your background, but you're, you're very bright and colorful, which is beautiful. So is that part of your brand photography? Absolutely. So I talk about this a lot when I'm working with my clients and in my course, I have a course as well about brand photography. And I talk about how important it is to A, know your own brand and developing your own brand And rainbows are very much a part of that for me. And I'm always saying about how that makes it easier. If you choose something that you love for your brand, then it's easy to keep it up. And I know my branding is working because people are constantly sending me links. Oh, I saw this and thought of you. And it's always rainbow stuff. And it's it's not great because I spend money, but um, (laughs) it's great to know I'm on their mind. They see these things and they instantly think of me. And so, you know, I'm always saying to my clients, you need to have your consistent brand so that you're the person that people think of when they see you know, your images or your website and it all links together. It's so important when you're running a business. Very cool. Very cool. So let's start this episode out by getting to know you a little bit better. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey with photography and how you discovered your passion for it? So, I mean, as long as I can remember, I've always had a camera. I remember in the 80s being on holiday and having one of these little long film cameras and just constantly snapping away. My dad was into photography, so I think that's probably why it's always been part of my life. I remember his slideshows. It was mostly birds and planes, but I used to love it when there was pictures of us as a family and we would sit down. It was a big thing. You know, back in the 80s, you would get the big projector screen out from a roll and, you know, there was a big clunking machine that he would click and it would spin around. Did it ever get stuck and burn the film? I don't think it ever got stuck because he was in charge of pressing the button to move it along. It was that, you know, it didn't spin or anything. It was very, very rudimentary kind of click and it moves. Oh, Um, But yeah, just always loved that. And then it was really only when I went, when I was a student as part of our, we had to do an elective project basically during one of the summers between years. And I went around the world by myself. I flew to Australia alone. I was about 21 and um, that was the time I bought my first digital camera for that trip. Just a little Casio Exilim 3.1 megapixel camera or 3.2. Um, really hot in a day, right? And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I just, I mean, I just took so many photos. And I, it was when I got back from that trip that my dad was sort of like, oh, these, these are quite good. You should maybe enter some competitions. And he encouraged me and I got more and more into 
joined an online photography community. So this was at 2004 um, and started getting more and more into it. And then by the following year, when I graduated, my parents bought me my first digital SLR camera. And so that's when I really started to take it more seriously and just became obsessed basically after that. So that's where it all started. So I blame my dad. (laughs) (laughs) And the world trip sounds like an incredible experience. Oh, it really was. Honestly, I feel like it was kind of a turning point for me when it came to all sorts of things. My, My confidence really was the trip of a lifetime just you know having to make friends with people because I was there by myself on the other side of the world backpacking proper you know budget style living in dorms and bizarrely flew to Sydney and the first dorm I was in met someone who lived 20 minutes away from me back home in Scotland (laughs) so bizarre so yeah it was it was an amazing experience and as part of it I so when I was at uni, I was studying dentistry. I do dentistry part-time still. I do that two days a week and photography the rest of the time. And went part of my project while I was out there, because we did have to do some work, was working with the Royal Flying Doctors Association. So I got to go out with their dentist in their tiny little plane with suitcases of instruments and a little compressor. And I got to sit up front with the pilot because there was nowhere else for me to sit. There was no room. And um, And it was just amazing. The views were breathtaking. They had to check there were no kangaroos before we landed on this little strip of land. And just, oh my goodness, the sunrises, because we were out there before dawn and viewing, it just, it was unbelievable. So the colors from those sunrises were so inspiring. And I was just taking photos through the, you know, it's probably not called a windscreen, but the windscreen of the plane in the cockpit. Uh, And yeah, it was, it was really life-changing getting to experience that and and doing it by myself really did help me develop as a person. Yeah, I know I've traveled a little, you know, multi-culture and I I don't do it as a tourist. I do it as a, you know, I live with the people kind of, you know, thinking. And I just know that there were paradigm shifts from those trips Mm -hmm. because what we, especially here in the U.S., we have such a cultural, um, there's so many cultural lessons you don't even know you know. Mm-hmm. until you step into another culture. Yes. And then you really you really see and challenge a lot of the things that are normal because nothing is normal in that culture, you know? <laughs> and you're like, what is normal? You know, you really, it opens your eyes to all kinds of stuff. It's a great experience. I recommend, you know, traveling outside of your culture. Yes, absolutely. Really just to learn about yourself, if nothing else. I did it alone with my daughter and she was probably eight the first time we traveled. And, you know, that that takes a leap of confidence and faith and fear and you overcome it, right? You just do it. And you have a ball, yeah. right? <laughs> exactly. Probably in super dangerous situations, but you don't know. And that's okay because <laughs> I lived. <laughs> I'm here to speak about it. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So you have a great passion. Now you started in nature and landscape. Yeah. And you kind of so, transitioned. Yeah. It's a very common story of you know I mean I used to when I was up in Scotland taking photos of like tiny little mushrooms and crawling around and using my tripod all the time for you know these sort of dawn and sunsets and things like that and um, and people used to say to me oh you know you're so good you're such a good photographer you should take you should do weddings why do people automatically always go to weddings I have no interest in that whatsoever I still don't and they're oh you should take pictures of people and I was just like no I don't do people I'm not a people photographer not interested it's completely different. I'm not a technical photographer. I don't. I like to just stick my camera on a tripod and experiment and do long exposure. You never know what you're going to get, especially with the colors. 
And I was like, no, with people, you have to know your settings and be quick. And like, I was just like, no, no, no. And then I had my own people. So when I had the twins, I was like, oh no, I do want to take photos of these people. They're very cute. I was lucky they were very photogenic, even if I am a bit biased. And and so I had got myself a nifty 50 um, and I thought, you know, I can do this. I know what I'm doing. And I did not know what I was doing. And I just like, my photos were fine, but I just didn't love them. You know, they were just cute pictures of their cute faces. There was no storytelling aspect. At the time, I didn't really even know what it was I didn't like about my work. And so I booked a mentoring session with Claire Barker-Wells. So at the time, she had developed a really amazing style doing family stuff. I know she does a lot more teaching now. Um, But she lived in Malaysia and my parents have retired to Malaysia. So when we went to visit them, I booked an in-person one-to-one with her and completely changed the way I saw my work and how I approached it. And as soon as I got back, I bought a wider angle lens, upgrading my camera, (laughs) just wanted to spend money. But it really made a difference. Having that wider angle, getting the story in there, stepping back, not always worrying about them looking at me because that was like in my head, I had to get their faces looking at me. And now, I mean, I love a faceless faceless portrait these days. And I got really into the details and I also changed the way I edit. And it was all the things that she pointed out to me. She's like, you know, you are taking these photos, but you're sort of discarding them. You're not really seeing them and you're not editing them. And I was like, yeah, I do like that. (laughs) So... It's amazing actually getting that outside perspective, looking at your own work and how it just makes things click sometimes. So that was when I started taking photos of my family and really enjoying it and loving it. And it was a, it was a few months after that that I thought, you know what, maybe I could try this as a business. People always suggest it. And I was always a bit nervous because then it becomes work. Will I still enjoy it? And I don't want to have to worry about the selling and the hustle and all that kind of stuff. But I was like, well, I'll give it a go. And I just loved it. Absolutely loved it. So yeah, so that was how I got into family photography and I don't do that anymore. (laughs) I'm always changing. Um, And yeah, it was over the years, I just discovered I was getting more and more brand inquiries. And I think it was down to a couple of things. One of them was I was approached by a local pub um, to do some photos for them because they liked my work. And I absolutely loved that. They were very much, they, they got it. They understood the storytelling of the branding and they had all these amazing stories to tell. Like they grow their own produce you know, they live above the pub. It's very much a family business. You know, he he's the chef. She runs the front of house, that kind of thing. And the decor was amazing. They had the pub garden where they had grew all these things. And I got to go in the kitchen. I felt like I was in MasterChef, you know, getting to be in there with the fire going and all that kind of stuff and just getting photos of everything. And I loved it. And so obviously I was featuring that on my website and started getting more inquiries. I also started a charity project. So I've done a few projects. One one of them was, so to try and stick to one story at a time, one of them was I thought, oh, I could get some more experience doing headshots because I wasn't, I don't really do posing. With my family stuff, it was very much sort of lifestyle, documentary style where I'll give them a task to do and take pictures and just get in there. I was never strict documentary. I I happily move things or tell them to come over where the light is nice, but it wasn't very set up poses, that kind of thing. Gotcha. Yep. So when it came to headshots, obviously you had to kind of learn a little bit more and I wasn't super confident doing that. So I was like, right, let's do a headshot project. I wanted to raise money for a mental health charity. So I chose Young Minds um, and they had a campaign running where they called it Hello Yellow. And in October on World Mental Health Day, which just so happens to be tomorrow, I think, they were getting everyone to post pictures of themselves wearing something yellow with the hashtag hello yellow to raise awareness. And I was like, oh, I could 
do that. I love color. It's very much becoming part of my brand at that time. And I was like, okay, so everybody has to include something yellow and I'll just offer headshots in return for a donation to the charity. So this kind of got me obviously chatting to more local businesses, got me a lot more headshots and things in my portfolio. And I got to raise, I raised about 500 pounds for charity. So that was awesome. And yeah, I guess that's why, why I started getting more and more branding inquiries. And I realized actually I was really enjoying that even more. <laughs> and then it was only 2021 that I did um, Gillian Devine's brand photography business course. And, and it was after that I made the decision to actually know I'm just going to be serious about branding. I want people to know that that is what I'm awesome at and that's what I'm going to focus on. And so I took everything else on my website. It's all still there, but it's just hidden. Yep. <laughs> really anything. I'm terrible. And so, yeah, so that's now I just do brand photography and I love it. So that was a very long answer to your question. <laughs> that is okay. That is okay. Sometimes it is a long, it is a long journey that gets us to where we are right now. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it evolves all the time and I'm now getting more back into the sort of landscapes and nature just for me, just because I still love it. It just was hard when the kids were little because, you know, the best time of the day are, you know, early morning and late evening, which is generally when your babies need you. So Exactly. And you, they, they're too little to lug. Well, they're not, they're not too little to lug around, but it's just camera gear and children. Yeah. It's very heavy. <laughs> exactly. Especially when there's two of them the same age, it's quite tricky getting out sometimes. <laughs> they so. don't have a, like a backpack that's got one kid in the front and one in the back. I did. I did have carriers. I managed to do that with, but it's hard work. And then where do you put your rucksack? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. The you perils are. of parenting, yeah. you know, especially when you're a photographer. Oh my gosh. Thank goodness for roll rolling bags, right? Yes. <laughs> I have one of them now. Didn't at the time. If you enjoy the Creative Warrior podcast, the female heart and soul of photography, please like, subscribe, share, and comment. Thank you. I would imagine that photography has kind of taught you to stretch yourself. So can you describe a time when, when you were on this journey and you had to really push yourself beyond your comfort zone and how you accomplished that? So I think when it came to photographing people, because it, like I said, just wasn't anything that I was used to. It was a whole different ball game because it wasn't just stick a camera on a tripod and then play and experiment. You had to be a lot quicker because people were like, you can't just say, just, just you wait there while I play. I mean, I do still sometimes do that now, but only when they really know me. <laughs> when I got my crystals from my camera, I'm like, you just keep smiling. I'm just going to keep moving this until something works and then we get magic. But I don't do that in the beginning of a shoot when people are more nervous. Uh, so yeah, I think first it was, you know, like I said, trying to take photos of my own family that I liked. It just wasn't happening. So, you know, once I had had that mentoring with Claire and then really started playing and pushing and trying to see those details. And I was always scared of shadows, didn't like shadows at all it was always very much diffuse boring light and again that was why I didn't like my work it was all very much the same very simple easy you know diffuse light portraits whereas I started seeing the beauty of the shadows and actually how you know the dark and the light together can look amazing and and practicing with backlight oh I was terrible with backlight when I first started trying to do that I just had no idea because you didn't want to blow out the background and you wanted to get the thing and then trying to edit it whereas now I love it especially if I can get a sun flare I love playing with sun flares they used to terrify me before so I guess it was just experimenting practicing 
keep trying it, trying different settings. You know, I would practice on my own families before I would start trying to do it with families that were obviously paying me money. So and I spent really about that. making sure I was good enough first yeah, before yeah. I started charging. If you, what would you recommend for somebody who doesn't have little people running around in their house in terms of developing their skills? Or if you know, they want to work with families, but they don't have... Or, or just people in general, but that, you know, all they have is themselves or... I know I mean, there's a, a hub of women who kind of pick up the camera after their kids are, are grown. And now they're just looking at an older person and they don't necessarily want to be behind the camera. But so what are your, what are your thoughts on that? So, I mean, there's some really amazing self-portrait artists out there. Off the top of my head, Liana Azzolini is amazing and I think she's like taught how how to be in front of the camera uh, and yeah you can use yourself to practice okay it's a bit more tricky because you you need to think about the angles in advance of where you want your camera to be and stick it on a tripod or you know I think it's Dana Lee uses her iPhone she does amazing courses with her iPhone and again self-portraits next to a window and it's, it's such a simple setup but she creates absolutely gorgeous portraits of herself are they um, in the click pro community or something else yes i believe i believe they are dana sounds familiar currently but yeah dana was teaching at click away in chicago last year was that last year still yeah last july i was in chicago and i did one of her classes when we were out and about and it was amazing just running all over chasing the light before it disappeared in <laughs> golden hour chicago is beautiful oh, i loved it it was so amazing so yeah, so I would say look to people who who do that if you don't have a family or, you know, get your friends to come and pose. So you can still be behind the camera and practice on people, you know, especially if you're thinking about doing branding and you want to get some more practice in. Even just, you know, rope in a partner or a friend or, you know, put a shout out and say, look, I'm looking for, do a model call. I'm looking for people to, you know, you get a few free photos I get to practice because then there's no expectations. They're not paying you any money. You don't have that pressure. You get to do what you want to do creatively. And then you get to practice that way without that added pressure. I liked your donation project idea because that's kind of an interesting way to get a whole lot of, you know, volunteers without the pressure, you know. And people do say yes because it's charity. There was somebody I did in that project I I was just out shopping and popped into this gorgeous little shop and I said, oh my God, I would love to take a picture in here. And so I just asked her. It took a lot of confidence for me to do that because I was like, oh my God, I was like, what is she going to say? It's going to seem so weird. Like, hi, I'm a random stranger. Can I take your picture? But it was so worth it. She was like, oh, do I have to be in it? I was like, well, technically, because it's a headshot. (laughs) And she's like, oh, I really hate having my picture taken. I was like, it's for charity. And she's like, oh, God, then. And we did it. Oh, my God. It's, I still use her testimonial to this day. So she really, really genuinely hates being in front of a camera and having her photo taken. And, you know, I just kind of got her. We had to get some yellow. So she she has a plant shop and she had some dried flowers. So we got the yellow dried flowers. I was like, we need something yellow because that's part of the project. So she was holding these dried flowers. I held some up just at the edge of my lens as well. So we had a lot of the yellow going on. And I just got her to look at the winter and I made her laugh. And then I showed her the picture and she's like, oh my God, I love it. She said, I never say that. And she wrote that when she posted it on her Instagram. She was like, oh, I, I never thought I would say this, but I love this picture. You know, I'm so nervous. And within seconds, Bex got this amazing picture. And I was just like, oh, it just felt so good. And I was so glad I asked her. And recently she 
because I'm doing another project at the moment, basically the same thing for a different charity. And this time they get to choose the color. It has to be a color of the rainbow because the charity is Rainbow Trust. And it just, again, because I'm always saying about your brand colors are so important. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to enforce them all to have yellow because they might not want that for their brand. So I'm like, okay, you can choose your own, whatever your brand color is. And so I was like, oh, you know, Victoria, because I kept in touch with her. I loved her shop. So I used to pop in all the time. She's so lovely. And I was like, I'm doing my project again. Do you want to be part of it? And she's like, okay, only because it's you. She's like, I won't let anyone else take my picture. You are amazing. I love what you do. Yes, I'll do it. And now she's just hired me as well for a year of photos for her shop. So it does lead to good things when you ask and just, you know, be brave and take the plunge and do it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Very cool. So from your perspective, how do you define success? Because people have different measuring marks. Some Mm. it's the money in the bank, some it's awards, some it's, you know, for you personally, what makes you feel either successful or you're not quite where you want to be? Or what is that thing that you... I would say all of those things you mentioned, I would say probably the biggest thing is loving my own work. So when when I was, like I said, taking photos of the twins and I wasn't really loving it, I was like, I felt like a failure, even though it wasn't the kind of photography I did, but I wanted to do it and I wanted to be good at it. So once that all changed and I started actually really liking my work and getting more into the storytelling aspect, that felt like success to me. So I was like, oh, I like this now. This is what I wanted. This is what I was aiming for. And I felt like I got there and, and I developed my own voice. And I think also not just me liking it and feeling confident in that, but people recognizing it. You know, if I post pictures now, I I posted a grid. Recently, I entered the voice competition with Click. And we all in the Click Pro group post our grids of everything we enter. And it's like, oh, here's mine. And it's just very inspiring and interesting seeing what different people have chosen to submit for all the different themes. And there were people commenting saying, oh, I knew this was your work before I even read the caption. And that just to me is like, oh, amazing. Hearing that is it's like validation similar to getting you know if you do win an award you get that little bit of validation which is always nice so yeah I would say all of the above and then obviously the fact people want to pay for my work and people see the value in and I'm not a cheap photographer and yet people still hire me because they're like no this is actually valuable this is what I want so that's what I would say success is to me okay very very nice quick question based on what you just were talking about you are you developed your voice you know, we hear a lot about that. Was that like a something that you just had an aha moment to what that is? Or did you kind of work it's and funny see it in retrospect? It was so knowing now my full life story of photography, when I so in that interim moment when I wasn't really enjoying my work and when I look back on it, I'm like, well, that was never my work was like. That wasn't my voice. That was me just sort of, you know, feeling around, not quite knowing what to do or how to be. And then when I was like, oh no, shadows and light and color is very much a part of me. So I like the high contrast, colorful. And when I look back at my landscape and nature stuff from before, when I first started with my SLR, that is what my work was like then. So I can post that work now next to my current work. And it still looks like my work because I was always drawn to the color. I've always liked the high contrast edit. So again, it's similar to the brand, you know, if you if you find your voice is something is it is it is what you love doing that's why that comes out of all of us eventually even though sometimes it can take a while to develop that uh, it is 
what you love. And so then it's easy to to keep it up, if you know what I mean, and to have it across all your work, no matter what you do. So, I mean, I still take pictures of my kids now. I just, not as much, and I don't post as much because, you know, they're a bit more whingy, don't want to be on Instagram. Like, oh, are you taking pictures again? But I still take those photos and it's still very much in my style and in my voice where I've got that same kind of editing style. I'm still looking for the kind of light that I now know I love. I just didn't know how to use that light on people initially. Whereas, you know, before with landscapes, it was just obviously done. You know, as soon as you start learning about landscape photography, you don't go out in the middle of the day when it's all harsh shadows and whatever. You know, it's always that nice golden light. With people now, with brands, I do go out in the middle of the day and take pictures. I just, I know now what to look for. So I'm not getting those harsh shadows on faces. I'll put them in the shade, but get that nice light reflecting off of something or you know, so yeah. Does that answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I would imagine along this journey that you ran into some difficulties, some challenges, whether they were self-imposed or external. How have you managed to push yourself through some of those challenges? If you could share a little bit about that. Um, I think about specific challenges. Well, COVID was a massive one, I think for everybody. You're not kidding. I I felt like at that time, my family photography was just starting to really take off. I had just run a big giveaway and it went really well. And then just before the prizes were sort of sent out was when everything kind of shut down. So one of the prizes I did, it was all for Mother's Day, which here is in March. Um, and it was like a, an afternoon tea for their family with the mum and, you know, a bottle of gin and things like that. And obviously a photo shoot with me. Uh, I think they were able to go and pick up the afternoon tea as a takeaway instead of because, you know, at that point, places were closed, but not fully closed. It was just at that, you know, cusp of, okay, everything's closing. Um, and then obviously I had to wait a while to do the photo shoot because everything was shut. And then even when things were opening, I was like, I've got no childcare because we still can't see those people. So that was really tricky. And during that time, luckily for me, I was already that year had decided and was in the middle of a 365 project. Okay. Although I think it was a leap year. So it was a 366. And so I was taking at least one photo every day. And then obviously with COVID, it very much did become me and my family again, because that was all I had to take pictures of that and nature. So I think that's when I started getting more into the nature again, and found that really helps me mentally, even if it's just in the garden, because we couldn't even go anywhere. I would just get my macro lens on. I've always loved macro and lay down in the grass and see what I can see. Uh, and, you know, I've got photos of blades of grass with the dew on that I absolutely love. So <laughs> me too. for me, it's kind of almost redirecting myself. If I find something is a challenge, I'll be like, okay, I just need to put that on pause for a while and go and do something else. So I was like, okay, well, the business basically shut down, which was a shame because I was just building some momentum but then it was like, okay, I'm going to keep going with my 365 challenge. And that helped keep me creative because I didn't want that to be boring for me or for me looking back on the photos. I wanted it to be interesting. And then, so I was like, okay, let's do some macro and let's get pictures of the kids. And then sometimes I just need a break from photography. If I'm finding it all a bit overwhelming, I'll I'll stop shooting for me for a while. Obviously, if I've got client stuff, then I'll still be doing that. But And quite often what I do in those times is I'll get really into reading fiction mostly and I'll just literally that's all I'll do if I'm not working on client stuff or working I'll just be reading and I'll go to bed early like eight o'clock to read a book 
and I just get so into it. And then just sort of feel refreshed. It's just like a little step back, some time away where I'm mostly in bed reading a book. <laughs> and I feel I feel more inspired again. I don't know. I come back to it fresh and usually with lots of ideas. Sounds good. Yeah. Our Colleen Minnick, the one of the first people we had on the show, she talks a lot about how that's just part of the creative process and you have to fill your mind with ideas. Yeah. Then to have more to give out. So she was episode two, two, seven. If you get a chance, it's really, really interesting on creative, the creative process and how it works and stuff like that. But um, really, really cool. We are going to wrap this episode up and we are going to come back with Bex and we're going to talk about being mindful and balanced And we will see you again. And thank you so much. One more question before you go, Bex. Tell us a little bit more about your business. So my business called Bex Photo, specializing in brand photography. And then I've also got my teaching and mentoring arm. So I have one-to-one mentoring, which can either be in-person workshops where you can come and shoot alongside me, or I can do Zoom. I do portfolio reviews, uh, all that kind of stuff. And then with Natalie Robinson, my amazing colorful partner in crime, we've created camera chameleons retreats. So these retreats are very much about color for creative souls. It's a celebration of artistry, friendship, and of course, photography. We're going to have challenges, teaching how to do all sorts of different creative techniques. We're going to touch on the business side of things as well, but it's mostly sort of creative and inspirational and very much hands-on. You're going to get to shoot loads on the weekend and come and stay with us and really delve into a weekend of you time with you and your camera, getting to play and have fun with lots of color. Good. What about your uh, class oh, on Click Pro? Yeah. Um, if you're interested in finding out more about brand photography, my class is available on Click Photo School. So it's called Storytelling for Brands, the Art and Business of Brand Photography, where I talk about all of the above and how to create your own brand, how to help other people with their brand, how to structure your shoots. I've got creative ideas in there to make your shoots really stand out and be different. All sorts of things behind the scenes. You've got videos, PDFs, my whole kit's in there and I explain how I use it and give examples as well. So there's lots going on in that course as well. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast, The Creative Warriors, The Female Heart and Soul of Photography, Please like, subscribe, share, and comment. Thank you for listening to the Creative Warriors podcast, the female heart and soul of photography. See you next episode.